0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our hybrid service held on Sunday, January the 9th, 2022. To find out how to join us online or in person, and for more general information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk Morning, everybody and welcome. Um, if I wished you a Happy New Year would imply I wasn't here last week so Happy New Year everybody from me. Um, so thank you. Um, so I'm Frank I'll be leading today, Ian will be reflecting and there'll be a time for children just after the glory If the children would like to go out with Joel. Um, so welcome. Um, Epiphany 1, what does Epiphany 1 mean? So actually if you look at my feet I've got wet feet. Um, does anybody know why in St James we got a blue cloth? When we got a blue cloth out, can anybody help me? What does it mean? Does any, any young person know? When we get got a blue cloth out, what does that mean? Spilled or uh, not spill anything. <laughs> Colin, there's, there's, the plumbing's OK. There's no leak and no flooding. Claire, baptism. So I reminded Suzanne. Suzanne said, what, who's getting baptized then? It's Jesus baptism we're celebrating today. So. Um, and uh, by the way, we can't find the actual blue cloth. So if you're planning a baby, wait a week while till we find it. Okay, that's just just a bit of advice. Okay, so we'll now settle. So as we gather, and there's a lot of gathering moments in this service. As we gather, let's have a moment of quiet. We prepare to meet with God. Ian will light a candle in here. At the same time, those at home might like to light a candle. As a moment of quiet. Thank you. god of light and love in this very moment the star still beckons gather us and let the star call us in new way in new ways of healing and hope restoration and renewal as we discover again christ's call to discipleship amen please would you stand for the opening song wise men, forgive us when we feel fear of the other. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Forgive us when we do not make the effort to journey to the end, but give up disheartened. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Forgive us when we do not lay our gifts down but want to keep them to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Forgive
1: us for being people who choose to walk in darkness. Help us to turn to your living life, so we may recognize you as being here upon us today and always.
2: is from Luke chapter three, verses 15 to 17, and verses 21 to 22. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptised and when Jesus also had been baptised and was praying the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my Son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. So this is the gospel of the Lord.
3: Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Loving God, open our ears and our hearts to receive your love. May it just be more than something that our minds comprehend, but something that our hearts feel. Amen. So as Frank said, we celebrate the baptism of Christ today, which is a huge celebration in the Orthodox tradition... And also the Methodist Church as well, they often do a covenant service where they renew their uh, vows over the year and it, it's, it's probably their most important service apart from Easter and, and Christmas. So a key day today. And I want to really talk about uh, the idea of not always being in control of our lives. And a while ago, uh, I went on... Uh, or was involved in, I should say, a men's rites of passage retreat um, that was originally started by Richard Rohr. I think many of you know Richard Rohr from his uh, meditations. And it's evolved in various countries and continues throughout the UK. And this retreat was in Ireland, and it was particularly memorable three days because there was this incredible anarchic um, energy that was about and it was an energy that the team who were running the retreat really were finding it hard to contain and many of these men were brought up in quite oppressive i would say at times abusive uh, Jesuit schools and they were hu- holding this huge anger against religion but at the same time they were searching for something deep uh, to something deeply spiritual to heal some of these wounds uh, that they had. Anyway, the team uh, somehow managed to hold this energy and there was a profound collective healing by the end of the retreat. But I remember that one of the life lessons taught, which many of the men found particularly difficult, and I would say uh, uh, many men find particularly difficult, was to accept that they were not in control of their lives, certainly not the big things like illness, uh, death, loss, uh, those things that life throws uh, at us, things that we just are not in control of, where things happen to us that render us passive recipients in many ways. And one of the things that I've been struck by in our recent readings over Advent and Christmas is how passive Jesus was at the beginning of his life and this is mirrored also at the end of his life in the passion narrative at Easter. And in last week's reading, it's the Magi who are active. They are the ones who pay homage. They offer gifts. And Christ is the one who is done to. He is the one whom homage is paid. Gifts are offered. And it is in, this, in the opening chapter, same in the opening chapters of uh, the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is the one who's conceived, uh, who's wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in the manger, later to be circumcised and named. And similarly, at the end of his life, this same Jesus is deserted, denied, betrayed, mocked, flogged, crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. All the verbs are passive. And it's also interesting that these, these are the moments that are celebrated in the creeds of the church. The Apostles' Creed says almost nothing about what Jesus said or did, but focuses on what happened to him, what was done to him, at both the start of his life and at the end of his life. And in our passage that Naomi read today, Jesus is done to again as he is baptized by John. In the Jordan. So these reflections have prompted me to ask the question, what if it's actually in the things that happen to us, the things in which we are passive, the things which come upon us unexpectedly, or all too predictably sometimes, that are at least, if not more important, than the things that we do or the resolutions that we make, the words we say, the actions that we take? Now, I'm not for a moment saying that what we do and what we say isn't important. I'm just trying to redress a a balance in our thinking. And over the course of the past two years, I think we've been reminded how limited we really are. With COVID uh, and the virus, our options and choices have narrowed. And I think that's particularly true for young people, uh, that sort of age range of 18 to 30 when they're looking uh, to do, what, uh, thinking about what, what their lives are about. I think they've really, really been affected. And I know my eldest son during a lockdown actually just said, with a big sigh, said, I just want life back. Just want life back. And, but even for those... Um, of us who have been probably affected less, we've had to accept restrictions which have been imposed on us. We have, in many ways, been rendered passive and had to accept everything that that has been thrown on us, all the requirements in order to, to be safe and help other people be safe. So how we respond and accept the limitations of our situation is a major part of our discipleship and faith journey. In the same way, it is that Jesus' response to what was done to him, particularly during the Passion, is really what enabled him to fulfill his mission, his mission of salvation on the cross. So if the coming weeks and months once again leave us feeling passive, forced to accept circumstances we would not have chosen, let us recall that at the heart of Jesus' ministry was his ability to accept and at times embrace what was forced upon him. And I believe that his ability to do this was built on the foundation of baptism, which gave him a deep-seated belief that he was God's son, cherished and beloved by God, and that God was with him in whatever situation he found himself in. And in our recent carol service, Geoffrey read so evocatively the T.S. Eliot poem, The Return of the Magi. And it's a poem, I think, that encapsulates that all our our journeys of faith and transformation, any really strong transformation, and it reminds us in that poem that birth and death are inseparable. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. And it says, were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but but had thought they were different. This birth, hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We return to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. So it speaks of the Magi going on a journey, being transformed, and on that journey, dying a number of deaths so that a birth could happen. And I think this ritual of baptism illustrates this truth, that new life, birth is preceded often, if not always, by a death of sorts, a falling upwards, as Richard Raw so aptly describes it. And the journey of transformation and new life is hard. And our Isaiah passage that Rachel read speaks to those on a journey of faith and transformation, which is often tough, uncertain, sometimes filled with dread, where there is a feeling of not being in control. And God says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. So this comfort offers no guarantees that we will not be rendered unto that we will not suffer. In fact, it suggests it is a given that we will go through tough times by using the word when. When you pass through the waters, when you walk through the fire. But what it does guarantee is presence, whether we are aware of it or not. And it is not a generalized presence hovering over us, but an intimate presence, because it, it is a presence that knows our name. And that's hugely significant in the Bible. Our name is our very deepest self. A presence that knows what we feel, what we think, what what is subconscious within us. The real us is known intimately by God and loved intimately by God. So Jesus needed to know this intimate personal love that had his name on it. And that's never made more explicit than it is his baptism. As when he emerges from the water, the heavens are torn apart, the spirit descends upon him, and a voice comes from heaven saying, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And this wonderful affirmation that he is God's son that he's cherished, that he's beloved and delighted in, is, I believe, the very foundation of his life, which enabled him to live a life of authenticity, vulnerability, fearless courage and radical love in whatever situation he found himself in. And as soon as he had that affirmation, he's led into the the desert, into temptation uh, to be really tested. So if Jesus needed this foundation, how much more do we need this foundation as well, this unconditional love in our lives, that we are indeed sons and daughters of the living God, beloved, delighted in, cherished, and adored. And I think it's a message that isn't heard enough in our liturgy. Um, I don't know if in the Scottish Episcopal Church but certainly in the Anglican Church, we had a 1662 liturgy, which the older uh, people used to like. So we used to do that in the morning at 8 o'clock. And in many ways, a very beautiful liturgy. But by the end of it, you really knew you were a sinner. <laughs> you know, I can... I, I think, you know, come to the table. I, I'm not fit to gather up the crumbs. And, and by the end, you felt, you know, that you were a miserable sinner. And, and I think some of our liturgy just starts with um, our sin. It, it, it leaves out the creation, that we are created in the image of God, that we are sons and daughters of God. And uh, last week we, we held a moment's quiet uh, for Desmond Tutu. So I'm going to just say his words. And the last few sentences of this reflection, I'd like you really... Uh, as we lead into a prayer, I'd like you to just to close your eyes and receive this truth. And it's a truth that we all need to receive again and again. So just close your eyes, both at home and in the building, to receive these words. As Desmond Tutu once said, Accept God's gift and the beautiful creature that God intends each one of us to be. God made you beautiful, and no one can take that away from you. God knows each of you at home and here in the building by name. You are a son and a daughter of God, beloved, cherished, and delighted in. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there is nothing you don't do that can make God love you more. So just in a moment's quiet, rest in this knowledge. The knowledge that God is with you now and always in whatever situation you're in, whatever is done unto you, whatever you feel like at this moment, that you are a radiant son and daughter of the living God.
0: Amen. We come to our prayers and... In the spirit of receiving and not being in control, these are mostly Ellie's prayers, just so you know, and, um, and also in the spirit of receiving our response, uh, I say, for all your gifts, O God, and would you respond, we give you our thanks. For all your gifts, O God, we give you our thanks. Let's pray. We praise and we thank you, loving God, for all that you are, all that you give us, for this wonderful world you have created and made us stewards of. Let's all take a moment to think of something of beauty we've seen yesterday or this morning. Thank you, God, for the heightened sense around the world of the steps we can all take to look after this world in its extraordinary interconnectedness and beauty. And as we think of all the things happening to this beautiful world, we pray that we would all respond to your call. For all your gifts, O God, we give you our thanks. We praise and thank you for the gift and example of your son Jesus, whose sacrificial choice to live amongst us on this earth we've been reminded of in these few weeks. Thank you for his life here on earth, for the truth he spoke, the truth he lived for his example. We thank you for your church throughout the world and here at St. James. We thank you that you've gathered us in together. We pray that our focus may be on you, sharing what you offer, guided by your spirit. For all your gifts, O God, we give you our thanks. We praise and thank you that your gifts are for everyone, that no one is beyond your care and your compassion, and you know what's best for each. We pray for all those we know who are finding it hard to receive from you for whatever reason. In a moment of quiet we pray for those who are unwell, those who are bitter, those who are weary, those who are overwhelmed by a sense of duty. May each one be enabled to receive from you today. For all your gifts, O God, we give you our thanks. In this last section, Similar to what Ian has just done, actually, I'd like you to listen to these words of love from God, of intimate presence, and try to receive them for yourselves. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. You are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. Do not fear, for I am with you loving God we pray that over the coming week whatever comes upon us we would be open to receiving your love and the guiding of your spirit for all your gifts O God we give you our thanks amen
3: Thanks.